I think you're starting to believe in your own bullshit, Hogan. If you actually think, if you actually think I was just the right guy at the right place at the raw at the right time, let me say it one more time so you completely understand, McMahon. If you actually believe in your mind, if you actually think that I was just the right guy at the right place at the right time, well then you're a bigger delusional bastard than I thought you were, McMahon. And you know something? I had a match with you a couple of, I had a, you know what I say right now, McMahon? Right now we just settle this because I had a match with a rock a couple of weeks ago and you were the one that I wanted to get in the ring. You were the one that I was supposed to have a match with a couple of weeks ago and you put the rock in your place, brother. Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay! It's my name, Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick. Fuck with me! I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War game! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Take it from me, the professor. If you want to look thin, hang out with fat people. That's my motto here at the top of Wrestling Podcast. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. That at noon, our show drops on a Wednesday on multiple platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where you all have been subscribing, liking, and sharing. Been having some interesting conversations as of late when it comes to our topics. Last week, we it was all about all out, but now we are past that. Now we have to move forward. What is the plan for AEW? What is the plan for NXT? What is the plan for WWE? A lot of stuff we're going to have to uncover this week. And as always, you know, we bring you good wrestling and good flicks. So, last week, it was two Utes who brought you my cousin Vinny. Surprisingly, listen to that whole show and no one said two Utes. I don't think we ever brought it up. That's a weird thing. I think it may have been on the chopping block when it came to our live watch along with All Out. But, you know beer is flowing like wine but that's not from today either ladies and gentlemen let's bring him in here you're waiting for him i'm waiting for him odm i hereby dedicate this podcast to myself 
<laughs> it's such a weird thing that the, of all the, the quotes I had, that's not in here. But now it also just brought me to thinking about what's the... Uh, doesn't he sing... Uh, is it Wild Thing? Twist and Shout. Twist oh, and Shout. Oh, up, baby, no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is our second Rodney movie of hey, the season. It is. And... Guest appearance by Oingo Boingo. It's a dead man's party. Bro, I'm rocking that song as soon as we're done. As soon as it's we're done such with this, a good I'm song. rocking that tune. And the dude, That's a good the conga lead, sing, the lead singer is like a producer. I didn't know that. Yeah, like and like famous bands too. Uh, fuck, I can't remember now. Of course, never mind. Look it up. Well, if that's the case, man, maybe. I should fire it up, and you should fire it up. And what we'll do is we'll have the bartender bring us a pitcher of beer every seven minutes until someone passes out. And then he can bring one every ten minutes. Uh, you kind of shoot. Hey, man, did that. you hear the news that Samoa Joe saw the, the most recent logo design for NXT and was like, I'm going to vacate the title? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's news from Sunday night, but of course, yeah. Uh, Samoa Joe has vacated the NXT title. Did he even have a match post carrying cross? I don't know, man. But like, this is sketch. This is sketch. You want to talk about a transitional champion? You know, I'm gonna let you run with this because personally, you know, well, you know, I'll try to multi. Oh, I don't here. have much to say other than just that right there. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Well, I don't it, know where to go with it. But it, here's the point. I don't know who you're going to put in line next. Pete Dunne at the very best or Champa. That is it. Other than that, your entire NXT division is done. It's nothing anymore with everything that's been going on, plus your awesome color logo change, all that crap. I don't think that I don't. I God, is it weird to say that for the first time in, man, maybe seven years? I don't care about NXT. Yeah, I mean, part of me, you, know, you want to talk about a transitional champion. <laughs> this is a weird, weird, weird way to do it. Uh, personally, I don't think he's injured. I think it's a good cover because he has been injured so much. But I think it's just like we have absolutely no plans for this. Bro, think about it. As soon as we hear Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon are taking over, what happens after they put the title on Joe? Oh, it's vacant. He's injured. It's vacated. I think it's a work. So you could go one of two ways. He's feigning an injury and wants to get out. Maybe he had a cool out clause in his contract. I'm not saying for sure. Um, or he, yeah, they took the title off him, like you're saying right there. Like, oh, wow, they took over, and all of a sudden it's not an indie wrestler who's going to be in uh, the champion. Now we're going to bring in Enzo Amore because we're the ones that groomed him from the beginning. Oh, my God, could you imagine? Nope, don't want to. Um, look, man, I don't know how much to really say other than that. I just don't care about NXT right now. And I'm going to skip down to why I don't care. You know, <laughs> all right, you listened to us. Tell me that fade out wasn't badass of us screaming when Daniel Bryan comes. Or Bryan <laughs> I told you, out. it was awesome. The fade out, it was, but it, what's great about it is. The mic was dying, and we were screaming that much that it sounded equally as good. That's cool. Um, but I decided, all right, well, I'm, 
I was going to stay until like the third week of September. And I go, well, if I stay one more week, I could go to Dynamite. And I'm like, let me get on eBay. or Not eBay. I'm <laughs> eBay, sorry. StubHub and eBay. Jeez. <laughs> one on Craigslist. You guys don't even want to know what I had to do to get this thing. But guess what? Got tickets. But no, for real, did get tickets in Rochester, baby. Um, it's funny because it asked, do you want to have the insurance? Nah. Oh, 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 God damn, COVID. Oh, my God. Hang on. This is the show that got canceled. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll insure this. I'll take an extra couple bucks on this one for sure. That's fair. Um, But the rumors over this past weekend is that the former Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, is possibly going to be showing up there. But here is the issue. And that was rumored by Uncle Dave. Dave Mansell, uh, Mansell, Mansell, Dave Melton. Well, you know what I was thinking? Well, I was thinking about Uncle. D- I was thinking about Uncle Dave from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Beverly Hills. You're Uncle Dave. Oh shit! I almost shot. I almost Uncle shot Dave. Him. <laughs> <laughs> but did you guys hear someone shot Uncle Dave? Some black. Uh, uh, oh Jesus Christ! I edit. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a line from the movie. It's okay. Okay, yeah, good call. Anyway, um, but. It's one month prior. He's not supposed to be able to debut until October 29th, which was going to be closer to be, or October 23rd, I think it is, or something like that, closer to full gear. But let me ask you this. Can you flash a gimmick? Or a flash a, a, a banner or flash something across the screen that just makes you think he's on the way enough to make the crowd pop he may not show up there but you're going to get something that's about him especially because it is and why Meltzer had said it was because it is in the town of his former friend uh or not former but his late friend Brody Lee which is you know I, spoiler right now I bought a Brody Lee shirt for this thing man <laughs> I figured if I'm going to go in anything, I was like, I want Derby. I want Punk. But if there's ever a night that you wear a Brody Lee shirt, this is the one you do it. You know, I mean, they didn't have it out at the time for when he would have debuted, which is so saddening because we're like, man, you would have got Matt Hardy and Brody Lee in the same night. Yeah, I know you, but. I got tickets across from you. We figured it out. We're pretty much diagonal, like post to post for the ring. And man, if we could almost just be live during it, but that's okay. I'm excited about it. And here's the thing. I don't care who's there that night. We may not get everybody, but I think we're going to get it minimum. Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, Bucks, probably Darby. But let me ask you this question. Do they do a Rampage taping at the same place? Probably. I've heard that that's what they do. But here's the funny thing. So we thing. may have a good night. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think they do dark as well. So I'm not going to try to get there super early just to catch some dark matches. Uh, but I'll stay late. You know, I'll stay late. Uh, but here's the funny thing, man. You said, it. oh, it would be great if we could record it live. Um, bro, Dynamite's live. We are recording live. <laughs> it won't be together, but it'll be live. <laughs> I know that's no, not. No, no, I know I that's not like, what you're talking uh, you about. You and I recording I know, together. I know. Come on, God. don't shit on my good time. Why don't you call me when you have no class? Hey, hey, lay off me. I give great headache. 
Yo, we both used two different lines in different contexts than they're actually used in the movies. But that was great. <laughs> Lay off her. She gave great headache. That's such a good one. <laughs> hey, you know, I don't get physical. ODM, he gets physical. I just get upset. When I get upset, he gets physical. Something like that. Yeah, you almost But, all right, what other news we have going on here, man? All right. So, well, we'll stay on the AEW Dynamite thing. Brian Danielson challenges Omega. Uh, It was a really, it was a a pretty good segment, you know, minus, it really sucks because we got Adam Cole now and he's stuck with the Elite. And, like, I almost want him to just turn on the Elite because next to Omega, I don't care about the Bucks. And as much as I try to tell myself I want to care about the Good Brothers, I don't. Nakazawa and Cutler need to get the fuck out of there. Callus and Omega are the stars. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in that. But Danielson challenges. What if, what if Cole, you know, it, there's a pecking order when you get in a company. It doesn't mean just because you are the shit that you have to go to the very top. What if he somehow gets the title away from Miro and he becomes TNT champion and they start collecting belts. You know, I'm just saying he doesn't have to go right to the main event right away. They could do Omega verse Danielson. Danielson wins and then a triple threat with Cole involved, right? You could start to evolve from there, but there's so many things I want to bring up, but I have to wait till bring it to the table, to be honest <laughs> right. with you. So, uh, yeah, let's move on. What other news you got? So then we got uh, <laughs> Punk versus Team Taz. Cut a great promo. Used Taz's own line. Um, oh, you guys. Uh, what is it? Uh, fight me. Fight me if you want. Or beat me if you can. Yeah. Survive if, if I, I let, let you. you. Yep. Fucking awesome. Such an awesome. Oh, it was great. And what's funny, though, is that when Punk was asking the crowd, he's like, who's next? Who's next? Who wants to who wants to who do you guys want to see me fight against? And then Taz started talking. I go, huh? His legit podcast interview to interview to interview and face interview to interview was, you know, the guys I like are. I, I really am a big fan of Darby Allen and, and Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks and Jungle Boy. I'm like, so now once that Taz started talking, I go, okay. So I think I have an idea as to who all of his opponents are going to be up like for the next couple of weeks here at least. Um, someone posed a question on, on Facebook. Do you think he's ever going to fight on Dynamite or do you think he's going to show up, have little brawls, things like that? Do you ever think we'll get a punk match on Dynamite? Fuck yeah. And it's going to be in Rochester, too. <laughs> Could you imagine first match back on live television? I told you, man. They the infamous 7,500-seat arena, Blue <laughs> And And Bray Wyatt's not enough. I'm sorry. And it's not their fault. I get it. But they owe us. No. I Well, I don't think they owe you. I mean, they do easy there. They do. Oh, they don't owe you. They let me say they've rescheduled. They didn't have to come back. Hey, that's a nice shirt. I had a couple of pockets. You look like a pool table. <laughs> no offense. Your wife, your wife just showed us her Klimt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of mine. Too, She's showing us everybody it around at parties. <laughs> no cerveza. Oh, what a magnificent painting. Oh, the painting. (laughs) Okay. Any other news you got going here? So more AEW stuff. Um, Oh, man. 
uh, for the show at Arthur Ashe Stadium in, in Long Island, they were talking about... Uh, or I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm conflating these two. Why? Yeah. So there's going to be a show in Long Island. MJF is from Long Island. Weekly Cornette reference. They talked about it. Is he going to be a face that week? Because he's gonna be he's gonna be in his hometown crowd, but but you know that that's something we can come for like maybe thirty seconds yeah. until he says I'm better than every one of you here and you all suck and here's why yeah sure I got out of this stinking town whatever the case it's is happened it's before, gonna be something though. like that he'll he'll get him to turn but he'll probably get a, a decent pop in the beginning it's happened but, before where you know a hometown guy heals it up and the crowd still cheers for him. You know, that's well, happened. We before. want to talk about MJF this past week um, on Dynamite. Yeah, I have two words for you. Methany Pillman. <laughs> I met Melanie. <laughs> Hang on. I met Melanie. <laughs> Craziest thing. First of all, he looks down at Pillman's daughter who's pregnant and he goes, let me guess. The father is your father. And I was like, oh, my oh. God. And then she goes, I'm the daughter of Brian Pillman, Cincinnati's own, right? And then did you hear that she actually ended up giving birth? She ended up going into labor right around the same time. Same day, by the way, while this is all happening on Dynamite, Brian Pillman Jr. shows up because you're not going to disgrace my family name. And it's also Junior's birthday. He did great on the mic. They had a couple of weird backstage promos afterwards. Yeah, but he's going to be fighting MJF in MJF MJF's hometown. So it's cool, man. I, and here's the thing: a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, you're bringing in Punk, Cole, Danielson. You don't even care about all the other talent. You're just washing them away." Uh, Brian Pillman Jr. is about to, is pretty much in like a pretty decent storyline right now with a top guy. You can't tell me that's not elevating talent. Jericho, whether win, lose, or draw, he said that was one of his longest or the longest feuds he's ever had because of how long it built with Inner Circle, Pinnacle, the Dinner and Debonair, all that stuff, all the way into All Out with their final match. So, in a way, Jericho elevates MJF. No matter what, he's still a heel. Even at the very end of that entire feud, he's a heel, right? Now, he's a touch-up. Now you bring in Pillman Jr., a man just below him. So even if you beat the living piss out of Pillman for weeks and weeks and come out the the star out of it, people are still going to love Pillman. It's your Jeff Hardy, the young up-and-comer that people were like, doesn't matter how hard he gets his ass kicked, I'm still going to cheer for him. We're still going to cheer for Brian Pillman Jr. Griff Garrison? (laughs) Maybe not so much. But that makes sense, man, because it actually works out really well because tomorrow, September 16th, the second half of the new season of Dark Side of the Ring premieres, so they're going to replay that episode about Brian Pillman. It's going to be during the reruns on Vice, so he's going to get even more uh, sympathy during that time. Exposure, we watch yep. that. So yeah, so yeah. So Punk as a- calls out Linda. By the way, Aunt Linda, yeah. he was like, <laughs> "You're awesome. Everybody should have someone like you." That was I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, the, everything that he said to. The MJF said to the family, and then the methany thing. Dear God, like he was on fire. You you really couldn't be him. He's like should have did something. You're like your mother should have swallowed <laughs> all the way into you should have been aborted. It was Jesus. It was I mean, insane. like he went like 
Like, it's kind of like that good, better, best. He went, like, up, 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 and went to the best thing he could say. Like, he, he kept, you're like, wow, well, he's not going to get worse than that. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but other than that, that's pretty much all the news that we I think we have this week. But you did say that uh, the dark side of the ring is getting back. And this week is the plane ride from hell. September 16th, this Thursday, um, is... So tomorrow night, let's see. So you have Kurt Henning versus Brock Lesnar. X-Pac cuts uh, Michael P.S. Hayes' ponytail. <laughs> For only nine ninety five on the WWE. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I had to get into the Doc Hendricks thing. Um, what else happened on this flight? Oh, Ric Flair came out in a robe with his wang out. Yeah, man, I'm excited about this. This is going to be a great episode. I'm so excited. But the best part is what I sent you uh, in Nightwing a couple of weeks back is the trailer for it where Jim Ross goes, if after this, if I never have to talk about the fucking plane ride from hell again, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's still great. You know why? On, on board was a bunch of Jezebels. He just was not oh, God happy damn. With them. Oh, wait, hold on. I got to do it like a digester. Oh, God damn Jezebels. That's not right, man. I'm telling you, it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's a lot of things I feel like we could talk about this week, but looking at the notes, I think we may be blending one into another, especially really when it comes down to me, you, and... Nightwing. So let's start by bringing it to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! All right. So we've done a lot of joking, me especially, about AEW pretty much being the new WCW. Very similar scenarios, situations. Uh, and, you know, th there's a, a ton of correlations. You know, they stop being uh, coincidences after a while. But all joking aside, what's going to separate AEW from WCW? How's it going to end differently? There are things like the sale of WWE. It seems like it's a foregone conclusion at this point that they're going to sell. Whether or not they're able to pull it off uh, because just the shit product that they're turning out as of lately and it's getting progressively worse, we're seeing it. What is AEW going to do to separate themselves? Because they are signing a lot of ex-WWE talent. Some of it's awesome. Some of it is meh. Um, they could be overstacking their roster. Um, you know, are they going to buy WWE? Is Vince going to allow that sale to happen? Uh, what what's the end game here? Where do we go from here? There's just there's so many possibilities. There's so many different aspects that as much as we can correlate AEW to WCW, there's so much added shit. So what's going to be the difference? What's what's the difference maker? Punk's a big one. Punk's huge. I wish everybody could see how my face just went blank when he said, if Tony Khan buys WWE, why can't that happen? I don't know if we've ever really talked about that. We did. I brought I it up before. Talked, 
<laughs> maybe well hang on maybe it just didn't seem as feasible of an idea yes but you now did when you really start to see how things are going though you're like wow like it could happen you can really do whatever he wants you know and going back to the bray wyatt thing okay let's just say bray wyatt can't come out until october but he does show up in rochester right wishful thinking but we also did get something from uncle davy here is what i'm thinking why can't a one-time thing or maybe whenever he feels like it? I brought this up before. I'm sorry. What is it? A million dollars that he breached that contract of the third of the 90 days here. Suck this. Here you go. Take it. Right. I mean, why can't you? There's laws, there's contracts and you go to court, right? But fine. What if to Tony Connie's like, it was worth it to me. You guys ruined Rotunda, you ruined Bray Wyatt. You had a man who was a genius in his own mind when it came to the psychology of a character when it comes to wrestling. You guys ruined him. You had every all you had to do was let him just do whatever he wanted. He could have been your next Undertaker. You didn't let him do it, even from the very, very start. I'm gonna let him do it over here. And here's a million dollars to go fuck yourselves. Sounds stupid, but that's just kind of where I'm at with this. Now, it's funny that you brought up too many guys on the roster, right? Is it oversaturated? My bring it to the table this week. So yours is, you know, what's going to set them apart from WCW? Well, my bring it to the table this week was, could AEW be the best roster of all time? Just because you have everybody doesn't mean that it's great. You know, you could have put... Carl Malone, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, and everybody all together on the same team doesn't mean they were going to mesh well together, right? Same thing when it comes to getting all of these guys. Great, we have everybody. Now what? It's like that famous uh, <laughs> that Family Guy skit. Man, we should totally be a band. We should do it. And they get there, they go to play a gig, they go, oh my God, we don't know how to play anything. <laughs> you don't want to be that. What sets AEW apart from WCW? Personal suggestion. Here's where I go. Is that right now you have a Wednesday night, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock slot on TNT. And a 9 o'clock, or I'm sorry, a 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock slot on Friday on TNT. Are both shows moving to TBS as you said? Yes. Okay. They may have a little more leeway whatever the case is i say that you you don't have to wait many many years like wwe before did before they decide to pull the trigger and do a draft be like you know what we know there's a lot of talent here and it's going to be hard for people to get through the pecking order yada 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 i don't give a shit make it real though you know like don't don't kayfabe it whatever just be honest be like there's a lot of guys here and there's a way we could do a whole lot of opportunity Extend Rampage from 9 to 11. If you want to keep that 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock thing or whatever, maybe both shows end up being 8 to 10. However, they end up doing it because with TBS, you have, again, a little more leeway. I think two rosters, you split it right. This really could be probably one of the biggest rosters. And I, and I don't mean biggest like as in like size. I mean like most epic best rosters of all time like 
Jesus Christ, if they just make a video game out of this roster right now, I'm like, I wouldn't download anybody. <laughs> I'm yeah, good. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, you got everybody funny, Like, that's a, Let me create Hulk Hogan real game, quick. I'm like, right? Like, when it comes to 2K, what are you, who are you going to have for WWE? Like, Taker. You have no one Hit left. Like, you have to keep, they're like, we're doing the add. I just I just saw it. They're gonna re-release Attitude Era guys again. Again, I'm like, you did that in 2012 or 13. That just means you're gonna rely on the well. You're gonna keep going back to the well, much like you're gonna have Goldberg face Lashley again for blood money in Saudi Arabia. Fuck you. I'm not watching that show. No, nope. I don't care. Agreed. I think that's stupid. Agreed. Now. That's number one. Number two, um, we obviously record the show on a Monday, but did you happen to see that later tonight's possibility that Big E is going to be cashing in, but also it's Randy Orton versus Bobby Lashley for the title tonight at Raw. But they're trying really hard to fight the very first Monday night football, so they want to go hard. Hey, man, maybe we see Orton wins the title, Big E cashes in, but then... Goldberg shows up because Lashley beat the piss out of his kid. Goldberg said he doesn't want the title. He just wants Lashley. So maybe they take the title off of him. They move some things around. I'm okay with it. I don't know how it would happen, but yeah. Yeah, Big E's my uh, number one pick in the fantasy league, so I'd be I'd be thrilled with that. I know. I see some people are really <laughs> dying with that draft. Like Miz went off to do Dancing with the Stars. Someone's like, that was like my first draft pick. <laughs> Dude, the other day I was like, here we go. Usos are defending their tag team titles on SmackDown, <laughs> yes. and they lose by disqualification. I go, are you kidding me? I go, that was a for sure win, I thought. Yeah, uh, yeah. We'll get to that Hey, man. Day. Hey, does, does Nightwing not realize that we record at 4 p.m. Eastern on Monday? Because he just messaged us. I know. My phone's lighting up right now like a Christmas tree from this dude. Hey, Nightwing. You know what? That's it's not been a couple shit. of weeks. Yeah, but you know what? It's been a couple of weeks since we heard from the man, maybe yeah, almost man. about a month. And, uh, you know, it's time that we're bringing things to the table. So let's see what he's bringing to the table this week. Nobody in the whole building but us, Nightwing. Wing. Eh? It's Nightwing. Really? Huh. Guess I was thinking of that goofy mullet you used to have. Yeesh, that was like a whole decade of bad hair days. This is such good shit. Hey everybody, this is Nightwing. I know I've been gone for a little bit, just had to take care of a few things, but I got a couple good things to talk about this week. And I'm going to go ahead and give the disclaimer out right now. My opinion, assessments, and assumptions do not reflect the personal thoughts, assessments, and judgments of the other hosts on this show. So let me just go ahead and jump right into it. First of all, the bloodline thing I told you about, it is happening. I'm telling you, there's been an interview with Paul Heyman talking about Naomi potentially joining I'm telling you, I said it, I said it a long time ago, but hey, whatever, y'all ain't got to believe me all the time, it'll come true sometimes, and then I get to tell you, I told you so. The next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Tony Khan actually giving a sign of respect to Jim Cornette, which that really took me off guard. I mean, we all know that the the wrestling philosophy of Jim Cornette is very different from many people in wrestling, but especially Tony Khan, because, I mean, Tony Khan kind of came out initially kind of as a big fanboy kind of thing, but now he's actually kind of developing really into a pretty good promoter, listening to what the wrestlers say, listening to what the fans are saying, and kind of more or less giving people a lot of what they want. So the fact that he actually gave a little bit of respect to Cornette and his wrestling mind 
really caught me off guard. That was definitely some good shit um, that came out this past week. Now, the one thing about AEW that does give me a little bit of concern is we saw it in WWE, wrestler overload. So you got a lot of the people that you want to see in the organization. However, there's only so many TV hours that all these shows have. So you can't get everybody on every show. And then all of a sudden you're, you're complaining that, Ooh, I can't see this guy. Why is this person being used? This person is being used wrong or whatever, whatever, whatever. The fact of the matter is, is that yes, AEW has made some very good acquisitions. Fans are hot about what's going on. The whole industry is a buzz about it. So, it can be a little bit of an overload, and I understand the forbidden door stuff that everybody loves to talk about. Yeah, we can say that might help it, but at the end of the day, what happened in WWE when they had the best roster in wrestling history, you had terrible booking, for one, because you got certain wrestlers, whether it was Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or what have you, being the main eventer being in like six segments out of a out of Monday Night Raw, like a three-hour show being in six segments, and you got guys that are just not being used. You got guys that are just not being used properly. So with all these acquisitions at AEW, that is a potential pitfall that they could have to worry about. So I hope it doesn't happen. I hope they stay hot. I, I hope they start producing a lot more, and I know they got some a lot more TV time that just recently opened up to them. However, that is one big kind of concern I have. So anyway, guys, that that's your good shit. I swear to God, I read the article. <laughs> Paul Heyman talking about bringing Naomi into the Bloodline faction. Very first words out of my mouth. I go, fucking Nightwing. He nailed it. <laughs> he nailed it. He's been saying it for a, a while. year ago. He nailed it a year ago. The moment they paired Heyman with Roman Reigns, he nailed it. In the in the conversation that was to never been. Remember, oh, yeah. it was we all recorded and it was a shit recording. It, no one ever got to hear it because uh, the sounds didn't sync up, sync up properly. He called it then to us, August of 2020. He's like, they're going to bring in every family member. I'm like, God damn. And now he's he's really dead on. All right. We'll give you your props, man. I like that. Good for you. Now, it's funny that you bring up Tony Khan being influenced by Jim Cornette. ODM, I know you have thoughts on that. Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I I already saw that Tony Khan gave him props. And the thing is, Cornette gave him props for uh, the Bobby Eaton tribute, uh, for how they did CM Punk. He gives credit where credit is due. He certainly can be more overcritical than most people would, but he makes a lot of great points. I loved him as a manager. I love him as a podcast host, as, as a historian, as somebody that was in the business that has that perspective. Here's the thing. I listen to his show regularly, both of them. This is conspiracy time with ODM, okay? I am not saying that Ooh. I think this is going to happen, but I, this, is, I, this is just where my mind goes. From listening to this, did you know that before AEW was formed, that Tony Khan met with Jim Cornette and had him sign a non-disclosure agreement asking Cornette to work for AEW as a booker? Did you know that? So is he like a silent booking partner no you know what i'm saying nope. like for real i had no idea about that nope he's like not as nope he has no wow but but with his reach as a podcaster and as somebody who is so knowledgeable of the business and who the AEW roster knows he critiques them and watches and he knows that they know that 
what if he just shows up one day? Yo, I'll lose my mind. You and I will mark out. I'll kick a hole through my TV. <laughs> because for... <laughs> I'll fucking lose my shit, bro. I'll Goldberg spear. Oh, that's not the only spear we're going to talk about tonight, but I will Goldberg spear that fucking thing. Well, look at man. We, and concuss myself we in the process really, like Goldberg. We can't really talk about... You know, we, we, we weren't able to say the three words we would have liked to hear you know, after the season opener. But can we talk about... There was one tackle that looked like an extremely awesome Goldberg spear from one Bills player to the Steelers player. I saw it, and I was like, spear! <laughs> um, I'll lose my mind if Cornette showed up on Dynamo. Motherfucker! What would you do if he showed up at Rochester? I will pop. Would you, I'd oh, cry. Dude, I'd cry. <laughs> so now, here's, now here's where I bring it back to reality. He, he hates traveling. He's not going to want to yeah. travel. But what if so he when is, they show up in Tennessee, is it or is that where he's at? Uh, Kentucky. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, no, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. I think. Imagine this. You remember how like when Adam Cole it went dark and his lights went on? Yeah. The lights went on and it was him. Imagine the lights going out and all of a sudden you see just him in the ring with a fucking tennis racket. <laughs> I would honestly mark out harder than when Sting showed up at Survivor Series. Like like one of those you weren't expecting it ones. I don't think I could mark out harder than I did for Punk when he, he came out, you know, just a couple weeks back on no, August 20th. That no. was like that's one, one of, of the my biggest, favorites. That's one of the biggest ever. I, I think I'd mark harder than I did for Brian Danielson. Yeah. If Cornette oh, showed man, up. That was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We would do more than hug. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but it, to hey, go back hey, on what? Hey, now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. That's kind of fucked up. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about class for a minute. All right, I got pictures here. Here's you and Giorgio in the guest room. A little classy, isn't it? Here's you and Giorgio in the rumpus room. Another classy one. Huh. Ooh, this one I can't figure out. There's you. There's Giorgio. What's with the midget over there? Uh, you know, man. The best <laughs> thing about about kids is making them. Hey, actually, let me ask you, man. What do you think of the Great Gatsby? <laughs> great Gatsby, he was great. Marty, you've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? Will we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! You're gonna get me. Mick Foley is going to win their world title. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Come on, Vince. Step into the ring. My God, the Bellwines have been drawn! Degeneration X invades WCW tonight! Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Have a nice day! We got you! I don't know. I can't figure women out. Today, they're independent. Only think about themselves. Take my wife. Why, you know, during sex, she screams out her own name. That pretty much has nothing to do with Monday Night Wars. But 
It was an interesting couple of days this week, 25 years ago, as WCW continues to dominate in ratings and storylines, as WF continues to just produce really weird storylines and oh, a bunch of Jim Ross lies, a bunch of Jones Bells. So I guess, you know, let's let's talk about what happened this week. We had not only our Monday Night Wars, but we also have the night before Fall Brawl, 1996. First time that you, the professor has watched it 100% in its entirety. A lot of things I saw that I liked, a lot of things I didn't know happened, a lot of things I wish I never saw again. Here we go. ODM, run it down. Yeah, a little disclaimer here. Uh, when you and I had previously talked about this, I thought this War Games was a different one. Uh, I believe the one that I thought it was is next year's War Games. This was actually different. Uh, both were covered. So wait, wait, wait. Our... So you're saying you were wrong? Say it! Say it! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll say it. Because Truman was too much of a pussy wimp to let MacArthur go out there and blow out those commie bastards. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. I'll be watching you. He's a good he's a good professor. He really seems to care about what I have no idea. Wrestling. Always wrestling. Okay. Hey man, so anyway. good good give and take. That was a that was a fun one. Good job. Uh yeah. So anyway, disclaimer. But you can go back and listen to our top war games ever podcast and uh check out that list. I know which one you're talking about, and yeah, it was when you thought about the excitement towards this, I go. Really? And now that you're saying what you're saying about 97, I go, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> now I know what you're, which one you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, I'd be excited about that one, too. But when I watch the outcome of this, I go, he's got shitty taste. <laughs> but then again, he isn't a podcast with me, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually kind of a line from the movie, yeah. which is even better. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, all, right. all right, man. Let's talk about Fall Brawl. This is the best rest I've ever seen Dusty on a pay-per-view. Good for him. Shivani with the red tie and cummerbund looking dashing. No, he didn't look dashing at all. He still looked like a fat shit. Uh, they do a recap of Saturday night where NWO destroys Luger's car. It was obviously a rental. Uh, so we open up with DDP versus Chavo Guerrero in a grudge match because remember on the pay-per-view, every match has a stipulation or title to it. Uh, DDP wins. Not much to talk about. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up about that everything has to have a name <laughs> because this gets weird tonight. But go ahead. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Grudge match. Okay, <laughs> yep. that was our first match. Uh, after that, we get a little ad for uh, WCW's CompuServe online chat. We've got Sherry, Colonel Parker, Harlem Heat, and a nerd on a computer. And basically, it's just the four of them like telling him what to say in the chat. Yelling in his ear. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, we get a retrospective from Mean Gene. The attack. Basically reflecting on NWO and Hall showing up and everything that's transpired after that. It was really weird. It wasn't like a typical, like I think they call them like VTRs or something like that. It was, it was like a news piece. It was like Mean Gene doing an intro and narrating everything that had happened. It was, it was different. 
And it was Mean Gene, and he actually sounded really professional. He wasn't creepy. It was kind of cool. Kind of dug it. Uh, okay. So what I thought it was is I thought it was very WWF Superstars-esque, where he yeah. was in the report room because they called uh, it the WCW Report. I'm like, uh, what? And mm. you're recapping everything that's been going on over the last couple of months. Yo, we bought the pay-per-view. <laughs> that's why we're here. You don't need to show me that he said you want a war. You're going to get one. And, oh, I'm so scared. We saw it all. We were there. Weird. It was just, I was like, are you looking for filler in this pay-per-view? Oh, yeah, it was obviously But then filler. as time draws on and you see how long the pay-per-view goes, but when the match actually ends at the end, we were really stretching for time. We could have yeah. used a couple, two, three more matches. Or just cut the pay-per-view time, but that's a different story altogether. Um, this next match I was not happy with <laughs> at all. <laughs> You know what I think of when I think of a match that is called a submission match? I think of Scott Norton and Ice Train. Two submission mechanics. What the fuck? And another thing, Bischoff. I'm going to stop payment on the next check. Fuck me. Hey, Bischoff, can you read lips? Fuck you. Next time, I'll call McMahon. Do I spend too much money? No, a lot of people go to Switzerland to get their watch fixed. <laughs> anyway, it was Scott Norton versus Ice Train with Teddy Long for a submission match. Uh, the first thing that I wrote when I saw this, Teddy Long has a towel with him. Wonder how this is going to end. Um, it was more of an I quit match, which they even referenced on commentary because the ref had the mic in his hand. We're going to call back to that in a second. Uh, hearing Dusty Rhodes trying to say ventriloquist, one of the greatest things ever. Ventriloquist It's a ventriloquist Baby Long Long does try to throw the towel in But the ref says Nope, man in the ring must submit on his own Uh, Long's back on the apron later Makes Norton break the hold Go after him Uh, That happens again He jacks up Long And Ice Train gets a full Nelson on And Norton taps Almost immediately doesn't say I quit into the microphone that's right in his face. He taps. Um, I hated that. First of all, a full Nelson. That's the submission you're going to end with. Second of all, I get you're going to try to put Ice Train over, but why make Norton look that much of a pussy? And he you're didn't talk. Why have the microphone in your hand if he's not going to say it? Say it! Oh, man. Okay, so, like I said, greatest submission match of all time. Anyway, yeah, let's move on from there. <laughs> okay. There's other exciting well, things. Well, there's another one next. that we can blow by. Juventud Guerrero versus Conan for the Mexican Heavyweight Championship, a.k.a. the AAA Championship. Tenez- um, Hang on. Where was the championship? That's a good point. He didn't have it with him. I remember No that. one had a fucking title with him. And I go, well, that seems really weird. And spoiler alert, we'll just go to Nitro for half a second. He has it on Nitro. He does. No one had a title because you brought up, you got grudge match. I go, well, they're writing the word grudge match between DDP and Chavo. I'm like, eh, all right. Then it said submission match. So now I'm paying attention to every one of the names of the matches. So when it said Mexican heavyweight title, no one had a title. 
No one raised a title. No title. No title. Conan won. No title. Just want to say that. That's it. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite part of it. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it on the uh, network? I did. Don't know if they show you this. Hoovy's walking to the ring. He goes over to the right-hand side. Let's say you are going down the aisle. You're facing the ring, and you go to the right where the steps are. This dude kind of turns his body to look at the crowd, and boom, falls over the steps. <laughs> it was one of those moments where I was like, this is why we rewatch this. <laughs> oh, it was awesome to see, man. So, yeah, Hoovy fell down before the match began, and the winner of the title match had no title. Let's move on, please. It, would have, it might have been Mexican. The one thing that I did notice is they played uh, Dungeon of Doom music after he won. His own music played on the way to the ring, but the Dungeon music played after he won. I thought that was interesting. Because the next night they really played up how much he's in the dungeon. Oh, now. God, it was so but funny. Yes, I, I, I'm with you on that. It's funny, though. I wrote, I go, there was no title. Did they need a name just that bad? Yeah. Like the name for the well, match. I'm like, they didn't even have a championship. Well, but it wasn't like I got to Nitro. I go, oh, well, at least there's a title now. I'm like, it's the one Omega has technically, but well, it was yeah, weird. Right. Yeah, well, this next match didn't have a title, actually, and it didn't need one because it was quite possibly the best match on the card. Uh, 100% it was the best match it, on the card. It was Chris Jericho versus uh, Chris Benoit. Uh, man, it's hilarious because in the grand scheme of things, Jericho's supposed to be this fresh new baby face and Benoit's supposed to be the heel and the horseman. Benoit got cheered. Jericho got booed. Um, Benoit actually puts the lion tamer on Jericho at one point. Fucking yep. great. It's awesome. Uh, there was a nasty suplex from the apron to the floor on Jericho. Uh Another great part, and in hindsight, it's kind of creepy in multiple ways. Benoit taunting Jericho, slapping him, saying, You want to be famous? Oh, boy, there's so many things we could say about that. Um, (laughs) Another creepy thing in hindsight, Benoit hits his flying headbutt, and whether it was a work or a shoot, act stunned. Only gets a two count. Uh, He's always act stunned. Oh, no, I know, but at the same time... (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, the win was a suplex off the top rope. It was a super. It, it was a back superplex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of this was Jericho's in a headlock. And, you know, the typical baby face, you know, you're in a headlock and you start stomping your foot on the mat or your hand on the mat. Jericho does that fucking crickets the crowd it was the quietest the crowd had been all night it was fucking fantastic and you know ben they are precious moments when you see that you're like "Eh, it didn't work but that didn't work at all and you know and you know damn well ben juan jericho are like shit we gotta call an audible here what do we do now i don't know man hit me in the dick i'm gonna do something give me get yourself some heat do something but yeah, Benoit took the win, but easily match of the night. Absolutely. At least wrestling-wise, I mean, I'm sure everybody's entire attention was drawn to the main event. But if you want to say overall what was a match that delivered, this is the one. Hell yeah, absolutely. Uh, next match, it was, you know, it, it's standard fare. It was Super Calo versus Mysterio for the Cruiserweight title. Tanay's back on commentary because he's got to explain Mexican wrestling. And um, <laughs> pretty much Mysterio's got a, a cool finish, though. Uh, there's the two games set up for war games. So he's in the other ring, not the one that they're using. Uh, and he does springboard from that rope to the next rope. 
into a Frankensteiner for the pin. Uh, it was weird. It almost seemed like they tried to set it up before and it didn't work. Uh, but yeah, that's that. I always found it odd that at Fall Brawl or anytime that War Games is happening, that even though there's a second ring there, everybody does everything they can to not use another ring when they're in their match. They'll go to the outside, but they won't go to the other ring. I'm like, why? Uh, they did uh, back in the day. Uh, Muda and Sting did. Okay. Yeah. But I'm like, why not, man? Like, you know how cool matches could be if you go running through there and you catch them off guard, things like that. I'm like, why not do it? It's the same as going to the outside. I just, they don't utilize it enough. I mean, to me, if I was a wrestler, I'm like, man, tonight's not a regular right. uh, four-sided ring. What else we have is kind of like a, you know, extra ring or however you want to call it. But, 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 yeah, I'd prefer, I'd, I'd prefer they use the extra <laughs> ring as opposed to going to the outside, so... Totally. So no, but it's uh, it was good to see them. You uh, both of them utilize it. Absolutely. Next was, <laughs> I have to call it out because I didn't want you to say it ahead of time because there's only one way we call it on this show. Harlem Heat defended their tag team titles against the Nasty Enemies. <laughs> yeah, bringing it back, man. Bringing it back. Bringing, bringing it back. It bringing it back. back. The Nasty Enemies. The only thing that I have to say about this, uh, well, there's two things I'll say. The one. Bobby Heenan, about the Nasty Boys. Hmm. You won't see any wrestling from these two, I guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> he meant it as they're probably just thug fighters, but he more meant of like, Actual probably to the wrestling. boys in the back. You, we know that he has no uh, wrist lock from a wrist watch. <laughs> uh, Sherry hitting knobs in the head with the cane. I don't care if it was gimmicked yep. or not. That looked fucking brutal. <laughs> Yep. That's all I but got. But they take the win. Of course, Harlem Heat retains. Yep. I was like, there's no way Nasties go uh, over. And I was I go, they do? There's going to be a good chance that I go, I don't want to watch the wars anymore, man. <laughs> yeah, right? Only to see them. Then we get a merchandise them. commercial where it's WCW where the big boys play. <laughs> and Ric Flair is hawking off merchandise just as well as uh, Doc Hendricks does. Woo, baby, you can look at the way as good as I do. Oh, I just kind of a little bit of dusty, actually, with flair. But anyway, either way, it was where the big boys play. Merchandise commercial. Yeah, and they're- Then we get a Macho Man interview. Yeah, all I wrote was another great promo. He's fucking on fire, this dude. It's like, what do you want to say? Everything he does each week. I'm like, I, I the best thing I could do is write down specific quotes. Right. So I can do it justice. I don't bother. Like, just kills it. You know, again, you know why? I'm too busy being engaged by what he's saying. I'm not stopping to type. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's gold. You. Just listen to it. That's it. But then, but then he has a match against the giant. Now, Macho is going to be facing Hogan at the next pay-per-view. For the world title. But first, he's got to face, as of recent, well, NWO's somewhat newest member. Because right now we have, from what we saw on Nitro last week, Sting is the newest member of the NWO. Stang. We'll get into that. Stang. I like it. I like it. That's what we're doing. Stang. All right. Stang is the one that that premiered (laughs) Or or showed up. But. In this match, Hogan goats Savage to come towards the entranceway 
where the outsiders beat the piss out of him with chairs. And Nick Patrick has something in his eye the entire time. <laughs> he's he's facing the no giant, problem. arguing with him the whole time. Yeah, well, he did. He had an issue with his eye, I thought at one point, or maybe I'm thinking of Nitro. That's what it was. Yep. I, I was looking. To, I wasn't actually looking down at the notes, but yes, he was dealing with the giant with all that stuff. And of course, Giant gets the win over Macho Man. I gotta say, the use of Hogan. In Macho's history, feud in history, in the next couple of days here oh of everything boy. that we're talking about. Oh boy! Holy shit! Oh boy! I didn't even remember a lot of this stuff. But did you notice that when Giant came out, they were playing the dungeon music, and halfway down the ramp, they switched to the NWO music. <laughs> 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 they put the CD in because back then it was probably that or cassette or whatever they used to have a setup on, right? Giant, boom. Yeah, shit, man. He's in a stable now. That's awesome. Uh, the next, the next thing that we get is Flair, Arn Anderson, and Lex Luger in an interview. And did you happen to hear what Ric Flair did? He called before even the meat and potatoes. You got it. You he, got it. He called to Gene. Yeah. <laughs> Which begged the question: Where, where is, is Gene? Gene? Because then, hey, even on hey, Nitro, every, he's not there. Everybody deserves vacation, bro. Everybody deserves I know. vacation. But it, but also, he's been in question with the NWO, so that was even better to not have him oh, there a little bit. I feel yeah, like yeah, kind of worked call. out. I'm not sure if that was a plan. Yeah, but he goes. Let me tell you, Gene. I go, <laughs> let me back that up. I got to make sure it's exactly what you said before I write this down. <laughs> but Sting comes in. Guys, let me just say right now, it wasn't me. And Luger was like, I looked you right in the eye. Yada, yada, yada. I'm a total package. Yada, yada, yada. Anyway, yeah, so... Sting is trying to convince everybody that it wasn't him. And he says, well, I'll see you guys out there. You know what? Sometimes when you've been yelling and screaming at the top of your lungs and you're telling someone something and they just don't fucking believe you, sometimes you have to take things into your own hands. That's how I look at it. Maybe that's how Steve Borden looked at it, too. But here we go, man. We are heading into war games. Do you have a lot of notes? Little notes? No notes. Lots. Hit it up, brother. All right. So it's the NWO, it's Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hollywood Hogan with their unannounced third man versus WCW with this is Double A Luger and Flair with no third man. Uh, hearing Buffer explain the War Games match, listen, it's easy for you and I to sit here and know what a War Games match is and have it be right. very simplistic. But holy shit, listening to him explain it sounds like the most convoluted match ever. <laughs> Sound like someone was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my God, if I hit this button, everybody's going to die. Yeah, it was weird. Um, yeah, so they only gave. So the way that they explained it, that Buffer explained it, was NWO only gave three names. WCW, we don't know who or if there's a fourth. I thought that was interesting at the very least. Uh, but, you know, it was cool. Uh, so Hall enters first with DiBiase. DiBiase has some spray paint with him. And it's Arn first. I think this is the best way you could have started off this match. It's your two workhorses. 
It's the guys that could go out there, and if they had to, they could go for a half an hour by themselves, and they'd put on a hell of a match. It was the perfect Kind of wish they went longer. I was almost yeah. wishing that maybe they could have went 10 minutes because it was cool just to see Scott Hall because that's an old, you know, he's a uh, – AWA guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. as well as, you know, and with Arn, you know, guys like he he is an old school wrestler. And I was like, this is cool to see, man. I'm like, it's just a great one on one right now. Uh you and I talked about this before the show. It threw me off. I was like, hey man, was yours overdubbed? Were you watching on a different version? Because <laughs> I feel like both guys came out to the same song. But it was uh the war games music. I forgot that that existed. Thank you for reminding right. me. Because I was like I didn't hear NWO. Man, I didn't even hear Horseman. What was that? Yeah, right. Uh, but no, a great way. To, I feel like if you're going to start off with two fighters, that was the way to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely thought it was a great start to the match. Absolutely. Uh, so at this point, I realized that Nick Patrick is the in-ring ref, which is fucking hilarious. It makes sense, I guess. Uh, Arn gets the hot start. Uh, they, they reference the coin flip to see who's coming out next, which team, uh, but they never show it. They just say NWO wins, and we get Kevin Nash next. Uh, after that was Luger. They mentioned that Luger was in the ring about 15 seconds too early. I guess he was fucking amped. Uh, it's at- Yo, timing was off on a lot of things, man. <laughs> I feel like everybody well, was running out way long before they, they should have. Most everybody else ran out early, but they didn't get in the ring until it hit zero. They timed it so by the time they got into the ring, it was at zero. So it was just Luger that was. But it's way Nash, early. so it's okay. He's an <laughs> asshole. He can do what he wants. Right. Um, it's at this point. I noticed that this is not the most structurally sound War Games cage ever. This cage wasn't even all the way down at the mat. You could have easily rolled under it. Uh, the seams looked like they were coming apart. Uh, it was sketchy as fuck. All right. So at this point, we got Arn, we got Luger, we got Nash and Hall. Uh, After that, Hogan comes in, and at this point, the crowd starts getting hot, chanting, we want Flair. Well, guess what? Flair is next. Uh, Hogan and Flair face off. I thought, if nothing else, that moment was great. Best part of the night. Yep, it was was a great moment, and Flair got out the brass. Can I tell you why I liked it? Yeah, sure. Please do. Yes, have some. I, I just want to tell you, so everybody is either beat down or whatever on the horseman's team and NWO is standing. Flair gets mm, in the nearest yep. ring by himself and says, come on over. Point at Hogan, backs up. Hogan does a come here, come get some. Flair puts one hand behind his head like you would push it down and then does a hip thrust, like basically suck this. Like, a, uh, uh. And I was like, fucking flair and then they just go fighting at it i love flair that he used to like it's kind of like that whole thing like the him and jay lethal watch watch <laughs> what i do to this girl <clears throat> just does one little hip thrust and it's flair and you're like that's cool that's the shit <laughs> he did that towards hogan and the crowd went nuts this is possibly one of the most over I have actually ever seen Flair because he's always known as the bad guy and stuff. Hearing the crowd go nuts for him here at this juncture of the match, good pop. 
That's why I think it was the best part of the match was seeing those two face off. I was like, because you've never got good flair versus bad Hogan. We've always had good Hogan versus bad flair. Right. So and they were, please, the rest of your notes. They're also in Charlotte, North Carolina, which probably has to do with flair being so over. Oh, that too. Yeah, that too. Just to throw that in there. Uh, oh, that's, that is written there at the top. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Flair uh, gets the, the knuckles. He ends, actually ends up getting Hogan in the figure four. And then out comes the NWO's final member, and it would be Stang. Uh, I have in my notes when it's Stang, I just have Sting in quotes. But I like it. We're going with Stang. Um, they got a pretty decent look of, like, his, his screams to the crowd. The wow were off, you could tell. Uh, but, you know, with him being in the cage, they did a pretty damn good job, I think. Um it's not 2021 where they zoom in so well yeah, that you exactly. can see things. They're back enough, and even if people are like, well, let me look at the camera. Oh, man, that, they're just showing a really far away view. Man, I, well, I guess that's Sting. Yep. Uh, to anybody's eye right there, that was Sting. Yeah. They, they, but it was Stang. It was Stang. Uh, well, the WCW's final member is Sting, and Sting clears house. And the best part, and man... Love it. And he enunciated this shit so he could make sure that everybody in the arena could hear him with no mic. He looks at Luger and he says, is that good enough for you? And gives him a big fucking fuck you. Gives him the old bafungul and bounces. <laughs> that's how, And that's what I was referring to. Sometimes you just have to prove people wrong and walk off. That was the way to do it. You know what? I feel it. I understand his frustration. I'm telling you it wasn't me. I just told you a million times it wasn't me. And you're not going to believe me? Someone that you've known for this many years and you're not going to believe me? All right. Like you just said, you have eh, fungal. Well, awesome. Beats beats the hell out of NWO's Stang. So Sting and Stang hit it in the ring. And when they had something come out together, guess what it was? Sting and Stang made Stung. But how does it end? Oy vey. Luckily, not Your like mother, that. Vey. <laughs> Stang <laughs> gets Luger in the Scorpion Deathlock. Hogan gives him in a face lock at the same time. Uh, Patrick calls for the bell, even though Luger doesn't submit. Um, uh, Buffer refers to Stang as the fourth member. They don't call him Sting or Fake Sting. He when he says the winners are Hogan, Hall, Nash, and fourth member. Thought that was interesting. But that wouldn't be right, is it? Because I thought fourth was Giant. No, Giant wasn't in the match. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, fourth member. member. I'm sorry. I winners. thought you meant fourth member of NWO. Yep. My apologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The fourth member of the match, yeah. So Luger is crawling down the entrance ramp to the back calling for Sting. I thought that was a really cool moment. It was over dramatic, but it but it but it worked. So sorry. Yeah. Right. Stinger! It worked. It worked. Uh, listen, NWO just continues the beatdown, and then Macho comes out of nowhere, brings Hogan back to the ring, and then, of course, the Giant shows up, and Macho just gets the shit kicked out of him. And this is where things go south. <laughs> Fucking but now, storyline-wise, yep. south for WCW, north for anybody who's excited about a good storyline. Yeah, man. Fucking Liz comes out to the ring and is pleading for them to stop. She actually covers up Macho. And Hogan's got the paint 
threatens Liz, paints NWO on the back of her dress, Giant literally starts barking at her. Roast that golden retriever. Dude, it was it was a fuck up thing to watch. It was fucked up. It was real fucked up. Hogan sucks is the chance coming from the crowd. Hogan gets on the mic and says, you two took a vow to be there for each other in life and death, and you're going to live up to it. And he fucking spits on Liz. Jesus Christ, man. Um, they spray paint NW on Macho's back. Giant thanks Hogan for the movie contract. That was hilarious. They give so, and do you know what movie that is? No, I don't. I didn't know if it was just kayfabe or something. No, I know a hundred percent what movie it is, and I think we should move some things around for end of this season. Maybe people will remember. I don't know, but it's a Christmas movie, if you will, where he plays a giant elf. Oh Jesus! Do some work on that. Oh. But yes. Um, yeah, not only did he get to walk around Hogan's beefy mansion, but he also got him a movie contract. So <laughs> no. that's cool. Now just so you those, got, <laughs> he just sees those seven Mercedes now. So now we got in the NWO. So we know, and let's talk about this. We have Hall, Nash, Hogan, Giant, Ted DiBiase, and Stang. Stang. Yep. That's it. That's what all right. Doing. Uh, and that's how we go off the air. Well, there, there's one and more thing. I just, you know what? There's just one more thing I want to. Oh, grab. oh, oh! It's just uh, as this all progressed, Randy Anderson, the referee, is shielding Liz in the corner. She's like petrified, and he's trying to protect her. And Nash just basically throws him out the ring. I thought it was just a, a cool moment. And Liz ends up helping Macho to the back along with a trainer. So they're definitely playing off that. Can I? Am I allowed to sp- not necessarily spoil alert or just leave it as is? Well, if it's anything that we're going to discuss in Nitro, I would say we would just leave it for Nitro. All I'm saying is you have Nick Patrick is is your bad guy referee. You just people just start to love referee Anderson. You'll just start to see that in the weeks to come. It's not just because he's against NWO. It's just he's the guy who does the right thing. And yeah. I feel like with things like this right here, you're just like, God damn, I love him. He's one of my I, favorites. I think his nickname was Pee Wee Anderson. Yeah. Yep. Like yep. I, I he's one of my favorites. Always loved him. Because he's got the he's got the wrist when he does the count. He'll like he'll like like spin his wrist and hit Yeah. I love it. I just almost threw my shoulder out trying to do that. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know what? The momentum's here. Let's not talk raw. What happened on Nitro? Let's go Nitro. We open up Juventud Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. Uh Shivani actually apologizes to Sting for thinking that he was in the NWO. Thought that was a good thing. Sting! And- I thought you were Sting! <laughs> but you're Sting! The, the best part is that they announced that, yeah, Sting was in Japan. <clears throat> Apparently nobody fucking knew that Sting was in Japan. You could have left that out. You didn't have to say that and make yourselves look like idiots. Not to mention that nobody else in the locker room came out to help. Just, you know, little plot holes, you know? I Yeah, I guess I... Well, come on, man. I mean, it's... Uh, they, they you refer- can't hit home runs on everything you deliver. I mean, they were also putting papers on people's cars, flyers, yeah, in pouring rain. <laughs> they tried doing all that stuff last week in pouring rain, and it didn't work. So, you know what? 
not everything works out as to plan. I guess so. I guess what's really scary is kind of like what you brought up earlier. What does AEW have to do <laughs> to not be WCW? Well, continuity is one big thing. I'm going to go ahead and start with that. We'll go there. All right, go ahead. They're mentioning that NWO has a bunch of demands for WCW, one being their own entire TV show. We'll see where that goes down the line. Uh, and Mysterio wins. No big surprise there. Uh, after this, we get Tanay with Benoit, Mongo, and Deborah. Uh, they call out Lex, uh, begging Sting to come back. Deborah speaks for some reason. Benoit tries to say unforgivable, but says unforgettable, I think. Uh, and then Mongo <laughs> and... I caught both. Yeah. Both of that. <laughs> Deborah speaks for some reason. I wrote Deborah sucks, but I think Deborah spoke for some reason is enough for me. And I wrote the same thing, unforgettable. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mongo screams at the end. I, oh! Yep. Like literally, that's what he did. I don't, I don't understand it. Um, now, can I? I look. I hate to take over uh, the next part of news, oh, I but I feel why. like I have to tell you. This is my favorite part. Um, we've been talking for months. We've been waiting for the debut of Glacier. But you know what? In case you haven't seen every promo each one lasting eh, roughly 30 seconds two months worth so the 30 minutes of glacier promos that you have watched over the last couple of months if you don't know enough here is now a complete recap of every one of those music videos glacier can he does punch, speak, he does speak at least in these dude it was horrible it was absolutely horrible yep. i you know who he reminds me of is the guy that plays SWAT in Airheads, the one that had just one tiny skid mark. That's who he looks like to bit, me. Yeah. You know? Um, so we get a full promo about Glacier. How he became how he basically became karate kid. <laughs> and so now that I'm all pumped up, ready for Glacier. Here's DDP versus Ice Train. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> The best part about this match is they didn't show the finish. They were showing NWO fans blocking the merch table. The bell rings. They go, oh, it looks like Ice Train won, but Ice Train didn't win. Basically, Ice Train had DDP in the full Nelson, and DDP grabbed the towel out of Long's hand and chucked it in the ring. So it looked like Long threw in the towel on Ice Train. Man, Ice Train's getting a lot that's of time. Really, that's really funny you say they were even wrong about the, the win. So, again, as we've brought this up, I, I write this all out in my trusty little book. Ice Train got circled and then crossed out, and then DDP got circled. I go, what the fuck? <laughs> I see, I typed mine. So, yes, I had to go back and delete what I had previously typed. <laughs> delete. Enhance. All right. Now, the next thing is probably, well, first... You get a quick little promo, Conan, with his belt. Now he's holding the AAA belt. And yeah. I go, now I know I didn't see that the night before. Yep. I know. But do you want to talk about it? Do you want me? You? I mean, one I, of us is going to get the heat yeah. if you don't talk <laughs> about heat. it. Well, I was trying to figure out how to write it. So uh, they show somebody in the crowd and he goes, that's why. Uh, that's 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 the former one two three kid from WWF, and my favorite part, 
Shivani goes, I, I don't know why he's here. Zabisco goes, let me guess. NWO? <laughs> it's like they're not even trying to hide it anymore. Which, okay, so let's talk about this interview. Uh, well, nope, that, uh, nope, hang on first. Yeah. Let's take that back. Let's take that back. We have a quick match between Conan and Super Calo, and Conan wins. Bingo. Now let's move on to the interview. There you okay. Go. First, there was a guy who was behind Waltman, we'll say, that security was getting extremely irritated with. Oh, yeah. Because he was either bumping Sean or whatever it was. But and even. But Sean was even looking Pop at it. turned him. around. <laughs> Sean yeah. was going like this. He's like. But he also wasn't a small guy either, so they were like, ah, let's just get through this interview. Let's work through this. He does the interview, and he goes, well, you know, I was in Japan. I've been over there working. And then he says, you know, I, I wanted to be here for war games. Who won the war games match last <laughs> night? And he goes, you know. Tanae goes, you know damn well who won it was NWO. Dude, I don't know why it made me giggle. Pac. Sean, I don't, whatever you want to call him at this point, we only know him as one, two, three kids. So we'll say kid just goes, oh, they did? Oh. <laughs> like, oh, shucks. oh, shucks. And that's pretty much the interview. So, okay. I think we're going to be getting kid very soon in NWO. That's kind of where my mind is going. So we'll see how the rest of the night plays out. What else happens? Hugh Morris versus Brad Armstrong. Armstrong won. Heading into hour two. That's probably their worst hour two match ever. But you know what's funny? Do you know who started hour two? I mean, it was Macho with Tanay. Yeah. Exactly. Macho, yeah. If you don't end it it's with him, always, you start yeah, it with him. It's always Macho. It's one or the other. That dude is, you could guarantee Mr. it hour nine o'clock to catch Macho Man on TNT almost every week. <laughs> Pretty much. He opens up with an A recapping fall brawl. Uh, they cut back to the NWO. They're at the limo celebrating with Stang. Uh, <laughs> <after> that, <laughs> hey, we're just never going to get old. Sorry, I forgot about it's it already. Get old. Uh, we get Scott Norton coming to the ring and out of fucking like a cannon shot. We talked about it. Fucking macho comes out. Um, Bischoff mentions that next week, essentially every WCW wrestler is going to be in Japan except for macho. Uh, Macho just ends up smashing Norton in the head with a chair, and he actually shoves Patrick out of the way on his way out. Um, and uh, Heenan brings up an interesting point, and it'll be interesting to see what the timeline is because off the top of my head, I'm not familiar with it. But Heenan goes, you know, referring to Macho's match with Hogan, he says, maybe Macho knows more than we think he knows. So, interesting. I think at this point, they're just kind of, I don't know. Everybody's in question because you didn't think Hogan was going to turn. The guy who fought Hogan, why would he turn? But he did turn, and now, you know, giant, you know what I mean? Like, so I think everybody's in question right now, especially with Sting. So for him to say that, I like it. I, I like the narrative. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it, it's easy to look back at it, right? With hindsight, uh, but at the time, you know, like I said, I, I'm interested to see what the timeline is, uh, to see if it lines up. Or like you know. I said, man, they they've been blaming Gene Okerlund where he's been hanging with Hogan. Now we're on Nitro. Tanae is doing these interviews. Yeah, I'm. I actually missed 
mean gene so this I. week. I'm like, I actually went back to the notes. I go, did he touch a woman last week? Did he get like <laughs> fired or something? What happened, man? <laughs> Maybe he needed a long ice bath after getting caressed by a woman all those weeks. Uh, so after that, <laughs> wouldn't we all? Well, speaking of all ice, right, speaking <clears throat> of ice baths, uh, we got Glacier's ice. debut versus Big Bubba. You like that, don't you, bitch? Um, all, all, <laughs> all, <laughs> you like that, don't you? All bitch? I wrote the first note that I wrote was Mortal Kombat. Um, Glacier's entrance was longer than John Moxley's and Undertaker's combined. <laughs> all right. And the match reminded me of a fucking fiend match. It was just blue instead of red. I was gonna say Sinkara because he did that uh, too. He did it a little bit with the blue as well. But yes, same kind of thing. Stupid. I, I you know what? Stupid, 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 stupid. Do I have your attention? I mean, yeah, do I have your attention now? I mean, geez. <laughs> Glacier, not only does he fight with ice and awesome, cool dance techno music, he also fights with blue light. And Ray Trailer lost. It was stupid. Now, can we get to the good meat and potatoes of what actually happened the, on Nitro? The meat and potatoes. Uh, commentary is talking about the NWO's demands, and out of out of nowhere, Sting comes out to the ring, uh, confirms he was not on Sting. His... Sting. Sting. Proper Sting. Uh, they had mentioned that he was in Japan and he says he was on his way back home, but he said LA, uh, the assumption would be that it was Japan to LA, but whatever. Um, the next part is interesting because commentary played it off and I don't know if they did it on purpose or if it was a cover sting doesn't face the hard cam. Isn't that weird? So I don't know if he was literally like turned around like he was at Japan and the entranceway came up the other way like MSG. So he thought it was the other way or if it was supposed to be like a metaphor for him turning his back on the fans because that's what commentary was trying to put over. It was interesting. So I have two ways of looking at it. Like I just said. One, it is, yes, the he's turning his back. Right. The second way is... Well, if you don't get a good look at him and we don't get a good look at Stang, well, I haven't seen the real Sting recently. And it's not like the Internet Times or, you know, what we have now. We can go and just quickly look at Sting. We're like, ah, they had a they had a few close ups on Sting. his face. So, OK, well, yeah. I'm just, you know, but I, most likely it's the turning the back. Yeah, absolutely. It could be. Or he just fucking forgot what the hard cam was. He he puts down Luger, tells the fans he'll stand by them if they stand by him. And he says, everybody else that doubted me from the commentators to the wrestlers to the management can stick it. And he considers himself a free agent. And he says, I'll pop in when least expected. And he leaves. Supposed to be in the main event with Luger tonight. Then he also sang, I'll stand by you. No, he didn't. And thank God he didn't. <laughs> Uh, after that, we get Jericho and Marcus Bagwell. Huh. Uh, That's a team I never <laughs> knew existed. Versus Flair and Arn Anderson. Uh, the uh, Flair's, <clears throat> Flair's music plays. Nobody comes out. They go to the back, and it's basically Flair, Woman, and Arn trying to convince Liz to come out. She's scared of the NWO, doesn't want to come out. Uh, they end up making their way out and leaving Liz behind. Uh, meanwhile, NWO flyers are falling from the rafters. They, they call out a couple of the slogans on them. And we go back to the limo, and six is with the MWO. Uh, six, see, I did that. We'll say uh, one, two, three, kid. 
Uh, Giant takes five minutes to cue up the boom box to play the audio <laughs> clip that they used of Sting to fool everybody. Did you like that? Five minutes. Five fucking minutes it took this idiot to figure out how to it press was bad. play. <laughs> it took fucking forever. Uh, and then my favorite. He, took, he actually did less time telling the mansion story. You know, it, and that was forever. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> Him joining the NWO was his fucking downfall because he was fucking fired before that. Because this week he goes, when in doubt, NWO. And everybody just looks at him like, okay, that was out of context. We're going to bounce now. And everybody just fucking walks off camera. And he's looking at the camera like, am I right, guys? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, he also, at the end of uh, Fall Brawl, the they, him and Hogan can never get together on whether you like it or you don't. It's the best thing going today. That was today. actually their best it's one. It's always like, it's, yeah, but it's like, it's the best thing, best thing, best thing going today, day, day. It's like that person that always trails behind in church at the very last end. You know what I mean? <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> For those of you who have been to church. Yeah. Anyway, um, I liked the play up of Liz not wanting to go to the ring. I thought it was really, it was just. That worked. It, it made the legitimacy of the threat of who NWO are. And the storyline, like we talked about, is very cool. And the history, yep. But, obviously, Anderson and Flair take the win. And you know what? She is probably the MVP of the top of wrestling for season three, man. It's all because of a woman. For real. Her help, she helps Flair holding them down for the figure four. Again. And they get the win. Dude, she has seriously been like the backbone of so much stuff that we have talked about for Monday Night Wars. I, I she does not get enough credit when it comes to the wars, man. No, not at all. Uh, probably. Well, well, we know why. For well, I was gonna say for unfortunate reasons, but yeah. even before that, I don't think she ever really got her uh, her gratitude in the right way because she really played a huge part, especially. Whether NWO, Four Horsemen, Ric Flair, she was the center of all of it for several years. So it's, it's, I'm real happy. Every time I see her help Flair win, I go, oh, my man, my girl. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we head to the main event. It's Benoit Mongo versus Luger and Sting, but obviously Sting is not there. Uh, End of the match, Luger has Benoit on the rack and Flair interferes. It's a DQ. Luger is clearing house. And the four horsemen are out there. And so, uh, you know, last week I talked about uh, the intro guy, the jobber, had Goldberg's exact music. You went back and listened to it, uh, right? I did. I want you to go back and watch this. Okay. So the four horsemen are there. Luger's clean, clean in house. And you know who gets the better of him? It's Mongo. Mongo gets in a three-point stance. Completely misses Luger. Luger just does a flip over him, sells it, and commentary puts it over. I went back and watched it a second time. At best, he maybe caught Luger's knee. But Luger just did a flip over him and commentary put it over. It was the fucking drizzling shits. They made it look like they were t- he was taking his knee out. But horrible. Well, you know what? Good for you, Luger. You know what? You may not have been the most gifted wrestling athletic guy that there ever was, but you made Mongo look pretty good. <laughs> Yikes. Nobody can make him look good. It's at this point that commentary confirms that it's not the one, two, three kit. It is six. 
uh, NWO celebrating. They're all in the limo watching. Uh, and they actually recruit the cameraman for WCW who comes into the limo while they're watching TV. So you get to pick Yeah, you want to make more money? Yeah. Come here, Chico. <laughs> Chico. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, and Hogan's like, I got you guys tickets for Nitro next week. Maybe I can even get you backstage passes. It was fucking hilarious. It was so stupid. And, and now six. Oh, man, I really want to be there. Well, you know what? I got you all tickets. Yeah. I go, dear God. Yeah. And then that's how they went off the air. And I go, well, now one of your strongest going off the yeah. air. But yeah. you did add a new member, and it makes me have questions about what's to come. Right. There you go. Now, you have two or three hours. Well, we'll say two and a half. Because they really farted around at the end of that pay per view, man. Yeah, that they did. like the fall the the war games match ended at like two hours and twenty minutes, and they had twenty minutes of the Savage and Liz bullshit. But so we'll say a couple hours here, a couple hours of Nitro, four plus hours of wrestling. What does Raw do to counter with one hour? Here we go. Uh the short answer is not a whole hell of a fucking lot. <laughs> Uh, the Saltan debuts with Bob Backlund and Iron Sheik, and he beats Jake Roberts in about three minutes with a camel clutch. Uh, and if you don't know who the Sultan is, the Sultan is Rikishi. Yep. Uh, yep. The stupid fucking red mask. Uh, yep. Roberts was distracted by Lawler. You know what they did? They were like, Karrion Cross could wear this. <laughs> Yo, have you seen the, the picture? It's like... Uh, Carrie and Cross and Johnny or John Morrison in Impact yes. having a great match with each other, <laughs> yeah. and then you see the picture of the, the dipstick the, the or whatever dip that stupid shit dipstick. is. Yeah. Oh my god! No, it's I'm not even call it the drip. It was the dipstick. It's stupid. The, the whole thing is dumb. And it's like this is where we're at in life, man. Like I said, Samoa Joe saw the logo and was like, Ah, my knee. I mean, my back. Ah. <laughs> So, did you hear the story that the gear that Karrion Cross is wearing was originally pitched to the Bludgeon Brothers? That they picked up from an S&M party? Yeah, it's really bad. I'm not a fan of it, and I'm glad the Bludgeon Brothers were like, how about we carry those wasn't foam much better, uh, sledgehammers around? Much yeah, better. I know. <laughs> uh, next was a real, f- I don't even get this one, Bob Holly and Alex Porto. Uh, defeat the Smoking Guns, who are tag champions, uh, but it was a non-title match. Um, Bob Holly ends up uh, defeating Billy Gunn with a roll-up. Uh, they were distracted by Owen Davey and Jim Cornette at ringside. So. The whole thing is starting to build up towards what we're going to find out is our match coming up, uh, coming up at Mind Games is now going to be Sonny and her tag team champions, which is the Smoking Guns. They're defending their titles against Jim Cornette's Owen and the Bulldog. So to me, I'm like, oh, is this their first title reign together? I'm excited about this. Because I always wondered when I would get to see the beginning of this, and I think this may be where we're at. And um, obviously, Owen, I don't believe, is still in the Intercontinental Tournament, or he may still be, but... He is going to be. Or no, he's, he was eliminated. Well, well, but now it's say, well let's let's go over that because that's actually. Let's move match. on. Actually, you're that's right. Hang on. Match. There we go. Mark Marrow uh, ends up beating Owen Hart. Um, Marrow, you know, Owen still got the cast and he's trying to use it. But Marrow actually gets the cast, hits Owen and gets the pin. Um, 
prior to the match, Jim Ross uh, left ringside earlier and broadcast return with Pat Patterson, and ver- Pat Patterson verified Ross's claims to having Diesel and Razor on the next show uh, and said he'd be the guest referee for the tournament finals the following week. And right after that, <laughs> Corella Monsoon, you, you take this one. <laughs> we talked about this already, and you fucking nailed so it. So Monsoon... Shows up. Hang on, I gotta say this. Sorry, I'm at my in-laws recording this week. I've been going back and forth between uh, up north and back and forth to the Holly area and stuff. But uh, a neighbor next door is blasting Santana right now. And normally, I'd be okay with it being Santana if it was like Black Magic Woman or something or right. Oyo Soul Sacrifice. Yeah, no, right now it's uh, smooth with Rob Thomas, so, yeah. (laughs) Here we go. Anyway, uh, so I apologize if you have to hear that bullshit in the background, but let me talk about this right now. Gorilla Monsoon comes out, or not comes out, he's on, uh, in, in, in his office in the back in an interview, and he says, the claims that Jim Ross has made that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, he's not, he's not calling them Diesel or Razor, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, they are not set to be showing up here in the WWF. So no matter what Jim Ross is saying, they're not coming here. So that's kind of where he's at with that. Now, in our next match, which was, I'm sorry, could you uh, remind me who the next match is here? So the the next match is actually the main event of the night. It's uh, another IC tournament match. Yes. Semi-final. It's uh, Farouk Assad uh, with Psycho Sid. Uh, it's a DQ. Sid hits in the, uh, Farouk in the back a few times with a chair, and uh, Farouk gets the win. So now it's going to be Farouk versus Mark Marrow for the Intercontinental title. But during this match, Monsoon and Jim Ross are arguing back and forth with each other. Jim Ross saying, hang on, let me... Uh, do the ODM treatment here. That's all I'm going to say in case you caught our uh, <laughs> hidden track. <clears throat> and all here is that you know me, Monsoon. Have you ever known me to be a liar? Well, that was not good. Uh, that wasn't. It was not my best. But either way, um, he is saying to Monsoon, have you ever really known me to be a liar? I'm telling you, Diesel and Razor Ramon are on their way here. And Monsoon is saying, well, I'm telling you, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash are not contracted with the WWF. I have not heard anything. Nothing has come through the front office, the back office, Linda, Vince, Shane, Stephanie, little Paul Levesque, nothing at all. He didn't bring any of that up. I'm just telling you what I'm pretty (laughs) sure what the family line is. I'm wanting, I really want Triple H to show up in AEW now with all the bullshit going on. I'm like, just fucking, how awesome would be like, yeah, by the way, we're getting a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, So they're playing that up, but they go off the air with Farouk. Well, no, they don't go off the air with that. Now they're going to run down after Farouk has won this match by DQ. They run down our mind games card because that is going to be happening this coming Sunday, so we'll be discussing that next week. Mind games in your house. WWF title is Mankind Challenging Shawn Michaels. A final curtain match between Goldust and The Undertaker. We're also going to get the Smoking Guns taking on Owen Hart and British Bulldog. Um, 
Oh, and Jim Cornette versus Jose Lothario. <laughs> I guess. Hey, let's see if Mind Games does at least a decent rival to what War Games was. Was it Sting? Was it Stang? Will my, Mankind win the championship? Who knows? But we do know one thing. Each week, we bring you a lot of top of wrestling, top top flicks. Every other week, it's either Nightwing Analyst with his good shit of the week. Or next week, as we are bringing you, as we always do bi-weekly, our top topic of the week. A little bit different of approach on how we're going to kind of do this topic. Generally, you know, we like to rank things and maybe we'll have our own personal rankings on our own. Who knows? But it's going to be more of a shoot the shit episode, if you want to call it that, because it is the best of titles, straps and belts. Going to be talking about, you know, championship lineage, prestige, importance, Maybe even designs, who knows? I think each of us will bring what we feel like to the table, what we feel is the best. Um, maybe even if you want to throw one of the, what's the worst of all time? You know, right now that IWGP Divas title is really, <laughs> well, really unfortunately, it's, rivalry. Yeah, I... It's the best of, not the worst of. So we won't have to worry about talking about that next week. But... As always, I am the professor. I bid you a farewell. As always, ODM leaves us with his movie quote of the week. And, I mean, there's no other better way to do it than the man who's really been on fire for the last couple of weeks. Maybe not so much this week, week, but for the last several weeks, he was producing very solid, passionate interviews for Horseman's own double-A Arn Anderson. And, I mean, if we're, we're going to have him leave, let me just ask you, you know, audience of, of the Top of Wrestling podcast, when it comes to ODM giving his opinion when it comes to the Monday Night Wars, what do you think? Is he right? Is he right? Because I know that's the popular version of what went on there, and a lot of people like to believe that. I wish I could, but I was there. I wasn't in a classroom hoping I was right thinking about it. I was up to my knees in rice patties with guns that didn't work, going in there looking for Charlie, slugging it out with him, while pussies like you were back here partying, putting headbands on, doing drugs, listening to the goddamn Beatle albums. Oh! Oh! The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com.
Today, they're, they're just independent. Only think about themselves. You know, take my wife. You know, during sex, she basically only screams her name out loud. I'm not happy with how I did that. I'm going to start that over. <laughs> you got to work on the timing, bro. <laughs> I know. That's why I wasn't happy with it. Like, do you ever notice that white guys walk like this? <laughs> and black guys walk like this? Hey, what's up, brother? <laughs> what the fuck? 